0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chris. And today we have another great guest, our buddy Austin of Lumen. He's a published songwriter, he's a solo artist, just an all-around hardworking, great dude, and we had a really good time talking with him.
1: Yeah, this episode is action-packed, and I really think you guys will enjoy it. Um, real, real quick though, we just wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about our band, our music. We're Andrew and I, as well as Sweet Tea. We're all in a band called The Stash, and we've been consistently putting music out. Pretty much every month for the past couple months or so, and we're gonna continue to do that going forward into 2019 and beyond. So we'd really appreciate it if you guys could give us your ears and a little bit of your time over at any of our pages. It's uh, the stash ny on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and on YouTube, just type in the stash.
0: Yeah, and another thing we really appreciate is all the support that we've been getting from all you guys out there. It really does make this whole thing worth it because we just kind of had this idea for a podcast, and we we're like, I hope people listen and. You guys were listening, so that's awesome. And we just want to thank the people behind the scenes making it happen because Chris and I definitely cannot do this by ourselves. No, we cannot. Shout out Tristan, a.k.a. Sweet T, behind the mics. We got our buddy Mike Kudo behind the cameras. You'll see that soon enough. And uh, thank you guys. We can't do without you.
1: Yeah, and thank you guys again so much for supporting our band. This podcast, it means the world. And now, uh, when we get back, is a snippet of I Don't Want to Feel by Lumen.
2: Locked up, 5am Pissed off, staring at the wall again I stalk your Instagram Wondering whose bed that is you're laying in I don't wanna know where you slept last night I just wanna see tears in your eyes Are you missing me? Are you missing me yet? Cause I still feel you I feel you I need to I'm lost in the echo of you I love you still
1: to another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chris. And today, we are very lucky to have someone I met not too long ago, but it was a great experience meeting him. We, we did a little tour together, and I got to watch him kill it every night, sort of uh, show, show me how to take the reins of a, a theater tour. And, and on top of that, he's just an amazing songwriter and all-around nice guy. That is Austin from Lumen. What's going on, man? Hey man, how you doing? Happy to be here, dude. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate that. Yeah, we're stoked.
3: Of course, man. I'm stoked.
1: So, so how you been lately, dude? What's new? What's going on in the world of Lumen?
3: I've been great, man. I, I've been uh, I've been going to sleep at like 9 a.m. and uh, <laughs> it's
1: been it's
3: been awesome, dude. Um, I don't know. I've kind of like I've just been chilling, writing a lot, playing some video games. Honestly, kind of having to chill chill time that's
0: what cool. you've been playing uh well i played the shit out of kingdom hearts 3 probably too oh, much yeah. uh okay, ripped like too. 60 hours in like three days that was probably unhealthy Woo! um yeah but it was worth it uh and then obviously Definitely i've been running that apex legends game because that game's honestly pretty fun i don't think i've heard of that it's just, it's the new battle royale game from the people that made titanfall it's it's pretty it's a pretty good time. Oh, okay cool cool sounds rad sounds rad what do you, what have you been playing
3: um, I was playing Kingdom Hearts three for a little bit. Beat Respect. that, and then I went to Final Fantasy nine.
0: Ooh.
3: Wait, okay, yeah. so remake that. They they did like you know they like updated when they when I say updated like I'm like doing the quote fingers because it's yes. like mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> they they made essentially the graphics. make it smoother and widescreen.
3: Exactly. They made it a little smoother, not even widescreen. They put like, they put like bars on the side, but but it was dope. But the good thing is like when I was younger, I used to play that and it took me like, it's so long. These old like Final Fantasy games are so long. So now they like put in a feature where you can play it at like nine times speed. So everything just kind of, you can kind of rush through it.
0: That's amazing. I wish they did that. Yeah. I remember I was playing some JRPG back in the day, Tales of Something, and mm-hmm. it was two discs long. I was just like, how much time am yeah. I investing? I'm like 13. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dude, dude,
3: this was four discs. So, oh so I just like, God. but I, I rushed through it. I rushed through it.
0: I remember when I was a kid, I was surprised that my parents' uh, VHS of Titanic was two cassettes. I was like,
1: how is that possible?
0: Yeah, What's
1: it's crazy, on? man. Once crazy one finishes, they... you got to uh, pop in the other one, huh? Yeah. yeah
3: and now they advanced it. It's weird. Now it's like they had to use more than one. Like why? Like now you can just fit it all on one.
1: Oh crazy. yeah, no, that's um, that that's that's the new thing that uh, that I really love, man. But the only shitty thing about this new era of video games is how it takes you know sometimes about two and a half hours to download a game. I don't oh, know. if oh, I'm yeah. assuming you're a PlayStation boy, right? Based off the titles you're playing.
3: I am, a well, I was originally an OG PlayStation, now I'm Xbox
1: One. Oof. Oh, okay, oh, so you're God. just a single, are you just a single player guy? I'm a single
3: player guy, dude, okay. that's me, that's okay. my life. That. That's but pretty that much I, been
0: me yeah. my
1: whole life until I started playing yeah. Overwatch,
0: and I was like, oh shit, this game right. is so fun. <laughs> I apologize for
1: assuming then, you know, most of the people that I know who, um, who, who play Xbox are, are more so on the online realm playing those battle royales yeah, come, that Fortnite come, grind come
0: back to playstation dude we miss you
3: <laughs> i will d- i'll deeply consider it i'll put it into consideration
1: but uh so that's awesome dude so you're just sort of enjoying a little r and r while working pretty hard on on, on new music How, how's that been
3: yeah it's been great um so you know i kind of like i the tour you're referring to was when lumen opened up for this band oar well, i've which, heard of them if you if you know them they are a badass band from. Uh, what was it, like the two thousands? Was kinda of when they started started like kinda of killing it.
1: Yeah, like ninety-six, they were doing that whole um Dave right. Matthews style thing with like blending the mm-hmm. reggae and the rock. Um yeah. sort of like the original like white boy reggae uh type of right. type of vibe.
3: Right. But they were they were badass and then they kinda like I think they had a couple of sick ass radio hits, some like alternative stuff, and I think that was more the stuff that I listened to of theirs, but so they I ended up meeting um mark the lead singer at a show of his in la so i went to the hollywood bowl i think it was with oar and train and uh, which was awesome i love train i love oar so um i got to go backstage and meet mark and and he was like cool dude like you know kind of keep me up to date with what you're doing i was like yeah man sounds good you know you never you never really think too deeply about this you're just like okay cool see what happens and then i think a year later like like, maybe to the day, almost, he, um, they played another show, and I think it was at House of Blues, Anaheim, um, and I, I went to that one, too, and then I saw him again, he was like, oh, dude, yeah, I remember you, cool, like, good to see you again. I was like, yeah, man, like, you know, always a pleasure to come to the show, as we hung out with them backstage, it was nice. And then, from there, like, he, so, we have some mutual kind of connections and friends and stuff, so we were playing a show in New York, Lumen, like in, at this tiny venue. Um, I think it was Bowery Electric. And Mark comes out to that and he sees the show and he's like, he pulls me backstage after. He's like, dude, like, I will literally like do anything I can for you. Like, I will put you on OAR shows. Like, I will hook you up with whoever. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that sounds, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool, man. Uh, yeah, like, deal, I'm, dude. I'm in. <laughs> Yeah. So from there, we just kind of like, I didn't even know, like, all right, you know, maybe he's just saying that, like, you know, and then nothing will happen. But like a week or two later, I get an email. It's like, all right, we're putting you on these on these shows. So see you soon. And I was like, OK. <laughs>
1: and, and you've been doing this music thing for quite a while, haven't you? Yeah, I've been making I would
3: say I've been making music with the intent for it to be my career for about 12 years.
1: OK. And, and how old yeah. are you now?
3: I'm 29.
1: 29. So that this has been yeah. a grind and a big, a big passion pursuit of of your of your prior, you know, entire adult life.
3: Absolutely, and it's funny because I really a lot of people start a little younger. People you know start being in bands when they're like you know 16, 15, kind of like playing in bands, and it kind of just it didn't really connect with me until like almost the end of high school. And I don't know what took me so long, but. I think I was playing too many video games, honestly. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm in an extremely similar
0: boat. This is really the yeah. first legitimate band I've ever been in. And I'm oh, wow. 25.
3: Okay. <laughs> See, there you go. And uh, it kind of took me a while to find to fall into music. And I was like, wait a second, this is awesome. And kind of from then, I've just been in and out of bands, um, doing music and writing and producing. Just started producing the last few years. It's been cool, man. Been uh, enjoying the ride.
1: No, that that's amazing, and 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 I do want to know a, a little bit about your upbringing um, in music because yeah. I really I really only know about Lumen, and uh, through things I've heard about you from our mutual friends, and just just hanging out with you on that tour for a little while. But but real quick, yeah. because one thing that I think our listeners would like to know is one just simply doesn't walk backstage at the Hollywood Bowl <laughs> for a train OAR show, you know. So how how did yeah. you how how were you in that situation to meet Mark? And and just get backstage in the first place, if you don't mind. Okay.
3: Yeah, so now we're gonna pull we're gonna pull back the curtain and see (laughs) see the Wizard of Oz now. Yeah, man, that's what
1: (laughs) that's what we try to do on this show. Spoiler (laughs) alert. Yeah.
3: No, for sure. Let's do it. Uh so I have this buddy, buddy of mine named Ryan, and he is a songwriter. And you met him, he was on the tour, or he Mm -hmm. was there I don't remember if he was there for all the shows, but at least a lot you met him at the last show. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nice dude. Nice dude. Yeah. So Ryan is the brother in law of Mark wow yeah so mark mark is is married to ryan's sister so they and and, and they were dating since like high school so that's, that's like a very close sort of family connection there um but you know even 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 so like ryan has you know showed mark friends of his and and even his own music over the years and i think the fact that mark actually took an interest especially it wasn't right away it wasn't like he met me it was like cool dude like i'll do Whatever, like send me everything. It was kind of like it took, sort of this two year journey, of of him to finally come to a show in New York because he lives in New York, and then to see the show in this tiny little venue and be like, I want you to do that, at these theater shows with us. And I was like, I will happily do that, man. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. No. That is the goal, you know. Yeah. So Ryan is a great friend. That's pretty much what you just told us. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, he, he is definitely like, has been an anchor for me out here. You know, LA is pretty crazy and you meet a lot of people, a lot of quote unquote friends who would turn out to be just, you know, just there for the party or there for, to, you know, have some sort of success off of you or something. But, but Ryan has been one of my closest friends. Um, he's an artist in his own right. So you should check him out. It's called Ryan's world. Uh, oh, I have. It's cool. It's,
1: it's very dope. Oh yeah. Shout out to he applesauce, makes, his newest yeah. jam. Super oh yeah. fire.
3: Yeah, which, he, which is with um, Faceless, which I'm not, I don't know if I'm allowed to say who Faceless is. I think they do like a whole, this is, you don't know who we are thing. So I'm not going to say who they are, but they're two other friends of mine. I don't know. Find out later if it's okay to say who they are. But so yeah, <laughs> Ryan's an awesome, awesome songwriter, awesome friend. And he was just like, hey, man, I believe in your music and I have this connect. So let me try and make it happen. And
0: he did. So basically, he's going to be the first person you thank when you win your first Grammy dude I'm, I'm gonna
3: before like like i'm gonna have a speech written out one specific speech dedicated to Ryan.
1: there you go and wow. then
3: and then everyone else will get thanked at the end
1: there, nice there you yeah. go there you go yeah, for sure so so this this just makes me curious are, are you originally from california the los angeles area or was there a move that happened uh, at some point in your life
3: so i'm from born and raised in new york actually
1: right you told me that long island right
3: yeah, so I, I grew up on the island, moved from there, when I was like, I don't even know, maybe, I don't know, probably middle school-ish, and I moved to uh, Rockland County, New York, which is like, I don't know if anyone knows, like, Nyack, the Palisades yeah. Mall, those are the, those are the things people know over there. <laughs> um, yeah, It's
1: not too far from where we are, it's like right, about an yeah. hour-ish.
3: Cool, yeah, so I lived there for a while, then I only moved to LA about six years ago.
0: And what prompted the move? Just wanted to be in the area for music, kind of thing.
3: Yeah, well, I was in—I was in this band in New York called The Always, which I don't talk about too often, actually, almost never. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's—it was a band I was in with my current guitar player, Ron, and we had a couple other guys in it. We—it was like we were doing it for four years. We were on America's Got Talent. We were. (laughs) Wow. we were, I know it was a whole thing. We, we like, it was fun, man. We, we like opened up the, the Z 100 jingle ball one year. Like it was a whole, you know, it was like, it was kind of happening, but also at the same time, I think I wasn't like stoked on the overall direction and where I thought the ceiling of it was. Right. And I was kind of like, I could kind of just stay in this and kind of sit at where I'm at forever or I can take a chance and move to LA and start fresh and hopefully have a higher ceiling and, I took that risk. And so far, I feel like it's paying off.
1: So, so what was that style uh, that you felt was sort of um, going to keep you locked into a, to a threshold once you reached a certain point? What, what was the sound of the, the always?
3: Oh, there absolutely wasn't one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. There, absolutely. The oh, so you sound.
1: transcended
0: genres.
3: <laughs> you might say that. I think that's how, that's how we would have explained it to you back then, I think. For sure. It was like pop rock. Um, but like our first, our first EP was like four songs and it was like totally pop punk. But that wasn't really my roots. It was more my my guitar players roots. So I was just like, all right, cool. I'm in a pop punk band now. And then from there, I was trying to put more of my influence in, which is more rock. And so it started to go more in the rock direction. And to the point where we completely like, we had one song that was like a super dance pop song. And we had one song that was like, a Black Keys song, and then we had one song that was like—I mean, everything was just all over the place. One song was like a One Republic song. It was just nonsense, utter nonsense.
0: Honestly, it kind of because, sounds like this could be the greatest band in the world or the worst band in the world, or the worst band.
3: <laughs> and each each song, each song was cool in its own right, but like we couldn't really establish a solid fan base because all of our, someone would listen to one song and be like, "I love this." And then listen to the next thing. I'm like, "What the fuck just happened? <laughs> it's a completely different band." Yeah. But so we just struggled with that. I think we also had a lot of uh, members coming in and members coming out, and you know, new four drummers, three bass players. Later, we're just like, "All right, man." Like, uh, sounds like Nirvana. I, yeah, it was. But it was kind of like no direction, and it was we don't know where we're going. Yeah. There's no leadership. There's no leadership. It was just kind of like, "All right, I'm just." I'm gonna go to LA, guys. Love you. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Love you.
1: But but even through even through the trials and tribulations of that band, you you realized that music was your was your calling, and you had gotten a taste of something that you wanted to make your career.
3: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, from from a young age, I'd always kind of like I've always been more invested in artistic endeavors and imaginative stuff, and. I think when I was super young, it was, you know, video games and and, and the worlds that they kind of like, you know, created. And then from there, I wanted to be an actor for a while and I tried doing some stuff and I was like, man, I don't want to like memorize lines and shit. It's so much work. And also, I think I eventually was like, you know, rather than like play a character, I'd rather be my own character. I'd rather create my own story, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So music was sort of that outlet for me of writing my own words and and portraying my own emotions rather than trying to do my best to play someone else's, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. No, totally. And I think that was very well said. Um, Yeah. So flash forward, you move to L.A. Mm -hmm. When did Lumen start?
3: So I think my first few years was just a complete blur, I'm going to be honest with you. It was an absolute L.A. blur, and I don't know what happened. Things move fast. (laughs) Things move fast, man. I was making a lot of friends. Everybody, you know, it's it's like they say in that movie Almost Famous. You know, everybody wants to be your friend. Everybody wants to party with you. And then you're like, wait a second. Who are all of you? You, like, wake up in the morning, and you're like, I don't know any of you people any deeper than just, like, what we do at night. Yeah, And I eventually was like, all right, I got to get back on track. I started um, kind of writing, like, co-writing pop songs and and stuff like that. And, you know, for, you know, top lines, which is like, for those who aren't in music, that means, like, top line basically will describe the lyric and the melody of a song. So I started doing that stuff for, like, um, electronics tracks for DJs and just kind of getting into that world of songwriting. And... Eventually, I landed a publishing deal with Sony ATV, which they have been amazing to me. Um, and I was like, "All right, cool. This has been great. I love this." But now I'm I'm kind of missing that that spark of being on stage of of writing songs about my own life, my own experiences. Again, again, I sort of felt like I was um, living some other character's life. You know, writing a song for this artist, or you know. So right. I was like, okay, let me get back to kind of where I started here. And I was, I had like a rock band called Bad Luna for a few years, um, which was kind of like, I don't know, it was like heavy blues, kind of like Arctic Monkeys-ish meets, meets Imagine Dragons. I don't even know what the <laughs> hell that was. But <laughs> did, did that for like a year and a half or so. You know, I got to play all the old school venues, like the Viper Room and the Whiskey. So that was cool. So you uh, you saw a
1: little bit of success with that project.
3: Yeah, you know, it was it was something that if I had continued with and and sort of dug my way more into that world, I could have I think I could have done something with it, but I again sort of felt like I wanted there was something else in me that wanted to come out a little more. And I think it was the Lumen stuff, the Lumen sound. It's you know, more pop but still a little more emotional, a little more, um, honest and upfront and candid. And I think that's the side of me that, that I don't show as often when I'm just out and about. So I think that's the side of me that wants to come out when I'm doing music, mm-hmm. you know? So, cause, cause the, the rock and roll, like I, you know, everyone knows I love rock music. It's how I dress, you know, it's in my style and it'll never, that'll never go away. And, you know, I'm a partier. I like to go crazy and have a good time. So, that, that already comes out of me in my everyday life. So I think the one thing was my more sensitive side that I don't get to show. So I was like, let me just do that with music then. Let me just put that out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I definitely pick that up when I'm listening to, like, I Don't Want to Feel, which is a banger. I was like, Thanks, damn, man. dude, like,
1: I feel that. Sometimes I don't want to feel. <laughs> well, that song, yeah, man. Uh, to me, to me, what you did with that song was, um, in my, my deduction, you know, as I listen, you know, I'm always constantly dissecting songs, maybe sometimes to a fault. But what I got from that song was it's got rock sensibilities. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's Yeah. It, it emotionally says more than, you know, your top 40s track. Not that there aren't top 40 songs with emotion, but for the most part, it, doesn't, it didn't feel like you were trying to sell me anything. But mm-hmm. it, you have something that is very similar to a drop for the chorus. Right. Yeah. Like it, yeah. And I, I feel that maybe, and I didn't know this until you just said it that maybe you writing for those DJs, would I be wrong in saying that some of that seeped into that track and, and maybe into your, your writing as a whole?
3: Definitely did. And, and like I said, I, it's interesting because I came from a pop rock band. I come from a completely rock background, I, all classic rock, metal, and like classic metal, like Metallica and oh, of course,
0: actual metal.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Zeppelin's my favorite band, which was referred to as metal when they first came out. And a lot of people don't know that. That's true. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So I guess the dance influence, spending so many years kind of doing that. And I don't particularly love dance music, but there have been like certain elements of drops that I'll like that are, you know, if you do like a cool, catchy melody, like right on, that's cool. So I guess me also learning to be a producer over the last year and a half or so kind of was like all right let me just what's going on here like what are people making what's happening so it was sort of that clash between me just being emotive and wanting to have a little more of an alternative uh sway on my lyrics and and um and also with me trying to learn how to be a modern producer in in 2018 or whatever year I and mean, yeah it was last year well wow. but yeah
1: yeah, you know, I definitely, I definitely, with your lyrical c- uh, content, you know, what you're saying, like I said, it doesn't really strike the same chord as, uh, you know, it strikes a deeper chord than the top 40 songs for the most part mm-hmm. that I hear.
0: But I'm not right. going
1: to lie, you, your melodies would fit right up there with those kind of songs. So it's interesting Thank to you. hear you talk about, um, because I feel like you just so, so, you know, stylistically and, and elegantly marry the two of those things to the point where like what you're giving yeah no problem because what i think you give especially you know um when i was out with you guys um what i what i saw was you were a super pop band that knew how to take the best parts of pop and rock and marry the two Mm -hmm. and i think that that did very well for you guys on those on those shows and i think it's going to keep keep doing well for you so what i want to know is was that something subconscious or and i know i sort of already kind of asked that but it, it, it almost feels like, do you, do you, do you, as a listener, that's how I, how I interpret mm-hmm. your music. So like, I just, I'm curious as to like what you think about that.
3: Yeah. Um, I think for that it's, well, first of all, Lumen is, is sort of, it's, it's a solo project. So I, some people are confused. They don't know if it's a band or if it's just me or I have, I have a live band that plays with me, but the music and kind of the, everything is all me. um, so it does kind of come from that place of, I don't know, it's weird. When I, when I sit down to write, people ask me what my writing process is all the time. And I, I kind of don't know how to answer because I think it's different every time. Um, sometimes I'll sit down with a guitar and I'll start writing. or Usually these days I'll just sit at my, my studio desk and I'll just start playing something on the keyboard. Um, and that, whatever that sound is will inspire a melody or a beat or something and i don't know i mean i always want to put guitar i always want to put electric guitar i love the electric guitar so i always want to put electric guitar in all my songs no matter what they sound like so with i don't want to feel which if there was no electric guitar you'd be like all right this is a you know pop dance track but i put in some guitar here and there some leads some rhythms and it adds a whole it adds a whole element and i think that is a huge part of what separates me from a lot of other pop artists is that i i incorporate these elements you wouldn't think to incorporate in a pop song like my new song bloody hell that you know that i it will either be already out or depending when this podcast comes out but uh my new single bloody hell has the whole song is just this pumping electronic bassline and then this super sort of poppy melody and but the lyrics are very kind of grungy and and real and um emotional and then i kind of come in with a random guitar solo at the end <laughs> and like it you would never think and it's not a guitar solo; it's more of a like a shredding lick like a like a fast thing that's like w-
1: and that's all you yeah, that's 100% like, you recording recording on the tracks um playing every every note
3: yeah everything everything you hear in in most of the lumen songs so Heaven Sent, my first single that I put out was co-produced by this dude Kizzo Tears Kizzo, who actually signed me to Sony ATV in the first place. So shout out Kizzo, he's a badass. He works, he's worked with like Neo, um, a bunch of incredible artists. He's awesome. Wow. Um, and we'll then the dude have to that get produced, him on the show. yeah, he's amazing. And then the guy that produced my second single, Crossing Lines, was Jordan Witzigruder of the Ready Set. Heard of him? So. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> um, I met him through my manager, Chris Carey. Shout out, Chris Carey. Great guy. Um, we became friends, and then kind of we were looking for a producer for that track. And he was like, I'll do it. And I was like, you sure will. <laughs> <laughs> you sure will, man. And he killed it, and he, and he did a great production. But kind of after that, so going into I Don't Want to Feel and Bury You Deeper and now Bloody Hell and kind of every most of the stuff I do now is entirely me.
1: And, and everyone will be able to really get a sense of that because we're going to be playing bloody hell at the end of this episode. So I awesome. think it's a yes. real treat that you just went into detail on this, especially with the new song, which congratulations on, by the way.
3: Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm I'm really excited. This is kind of, um, I feel, and we'll see what happens when it comes out, but I feel like it's somewhat of a game changer for me. Um, kind of when I wrote it, I, I, I thought, I was like, this is kind of good. And, I sent it to my manager, Chris, and he calls me right away and he goes, dude. I go, dude. <laughs> and we just had this moment, and I'm going to be really embarrassed if it's a flop now, but I think it's a great, I think it's a great song. Um, and I put a lot of heart into it, a lot of emotion into the lyric. And it's very raw and honest. And there'll be parts of the song where you listen and you're like, oh, damn, he just said that. Like some He just some said tea, that shit. I'm definitely spilling some tea on this song, oh, like 100. Okay, it's it's getting spilt with S P I L T. Ooh, 100
0: spilt. Yeah. Now uh, yeah. we've been hearing a lot about you know you're uh, you're writing and recording everything. What uh, made you decide to just front the band as just the singer and not pick up a guitar or play a keyboard or something live?
3: Well, that is a very very simple question for me to answer, and the answer is I am terrible at playing. <laughs> Any, any instrument you put in my hands. Wow. So, so I can. People always ask me, like, why do you send me guitar? with an M Night like, twist? <laughs> <laughs> complete, M- <laughs> complete M Night twist. Um, I sort of like my mind instrumentally is a creative mind and it's not a player's mind. So okay. I, can't, I, I can't go on stage and play a set for you with any instrument at all. But wow. if you give me every instrument and you give me a desk and a chair and you say, okay, write a song. I I can do that. I can play all the guitar parts that I want to play in my sort of in my own crazy way. And my guitar player always says this to me. He's like, Hey man. So the, the stuff that you have in the songs, he's like, so (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you put this certain effects on it and you do these certain things because you can't play it better. Right. (laughs) <laughs> wow <laughs> Tell like, us how you really yeah. feel no it's really true and that is so much of what creates my sound is that i'm not like a trained player i can't really
0: mm-hmm.
3: really play that well so when i play lay down guitar tracks a lot of it is is botched and is like is sloppy and the tone's off but it's like people wreck to people think it's a creative decision and the truth is it's just that i'm not good <laughs> <laughs> wow really pulling the curtain back on this episode yeah wow yeah so yeah i'm in a similar but,
0: boat because i have never been a quote-unquote legitimate musician like i've played at church growing up and stuff but i was mm-hmm. the only reason i started playing bass in this band is because chris was a solo artist and he was like hey you could play the bass can you play bass for the show i'm like yeah sure and now it's like two years later and i'm still playing bass and i'm like dude i like don't know how to play this and you have expect me to play it in front of people <laughs> i mean I, you know, I'm, I'm getting better but it's true uh, yeah uh,
3: <laughs> it's very true No, and I, I think practice practice does make you make you better no, no matter what and the funny thing is i do not practice ever and y- you would think i would and i just the only time i play guitar is when i'm
0: picking up to record something and you i don't know. really I'll, I'll tell you, you know. what's really boring is practicing anything
1: Anything. <laughs> Anything. This is Anything true. Anything at all. I prefer time... to sit down and write a song any day of the week rather than, you know, let's learn some rudimentary yeah, scale. Yeah. Um, no. If oh, you yeah. have a strong ear, though, you know, musicians yeah. will know this. But if you have a strong enough ear, you don't. Yes, you need fundamentals to an extent, but you can get by and then some if yeah. your ear is strong enough. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah.
0: As long as you keep your I chops think... tasty, you're good. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think I am, I am entirely ear. I'm completely as a writer and as a musician, and mostly as a musician and a producer, I am entirely feel and ear. I have no knowledge of technical. I have no knowledge of any of that. So even a lot of times, like like I said, how there's that guitar lick in bloody hell, like at the end, that just like, blah- 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 blah. I cannot play that. You think I can play that? <laughs> you're, you're nuts. But I hear it in my head and I'm like, okay, let me just play this slowed down <singing> and then I take that and I just speed it up.
1: Right. And then this is where you were telling us working on your producing skills in 2018 comes into play.
3: Completely. And, you know, I would have not known how to do it a few years ago and I would have given up and I'd be like, I need a speed metal guitar lick here, but I can't play it. So I quit. But <laughs> now. Now I'm like, I know how to tr- trick everyone into thinking I can do this. There
0: you go. I so, mean, fake yeah. it till you make it,
3: right? Hey, and then hopefully you keep faking it and you keep making it, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Don't wanna, we don't want to put too much effort in now,
0: do we? No, work smart, not hard. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, you know, um, we, we joke around about that, but you very much so do work incredibly hard. And and how do you find the time to manage being in a band that is starting to see some success and very much so, um, you know, deserves it, as well as write songs with your publishing deal through Sony. H- how do you balance those two? Because I feel like any one person, that is a full-time endeavor. Yeah, plus I feel right. like
0: it would end up being one of those things where, like, if you eat chicken for a week, like, you don't even want to look at chicken. So I feel like if you're just writing songs all day, then you're like, well, now I have to write songs for me, and now I've been writing songs all day.
3: Right. It's So it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing, and I know a few other artists that are artists as well as songwriters, producers. Um, it It is really just about what you're in the mood for. And you can sit down and say, I want to write today. And if you, and if, if I sit down and I say, I want to write a Lumen song today. Sometimes I can't, sometimes I'm sitting down and all that's coming out is stuff that sounds like a sync track or stuff that sounds like, like, you know, a pop artist that, that isn't me. And that's where you kind of have to give in to the universe and say, okay, I'm not meant to write a Lumen song today. I'm meant to write a sync track. I'm meant to write, you know, for Rihanna quote unquote today, which, which I don't have any cuts with Rihanna would be cool, but I don't. (laughs) I was going to say name drop. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, no, but, but yeah, so it's kind of like what I've learned is just to go with, Um, And this is something I also learned, like when I said when I was in all these rock bands, is I was trying to write rock music. I was like, I love rock music. I want to write rock music. And when Lumen came to be, it was more me just sitting down and saying, I'm just going to write whatever the hell comes out of me. And that's what I am. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to pressure myself to fit into a scene. I'm going to write music and that's going to be my sound. And so that's that's yeah.
1: You know, that that seems to be the conversation that we've been having with um, most of our guests that have been, been coming on the show uh, so far. It's that these are all people who have been in previous projects and through trial and error, and especially with myself, man, um, I never thought... Because I was the kid who was stubborn as all heck. I grew up listening to Green Day and ACDC, and I thought that if you had four yep. on the floor, you were um you were the worst person and you wanted to destroy <laughs> everything yep. that You're I had out. I had grown to love. And yep. you know, twelve years later, I am in very much so an EDM pop band. And mm-hmm. and I live yep. for four on the floor. And it's not I didn't say one day, let's make this kind of music. I think it's just I realized I'm finally doing what's right for my voice through trial and error on yes. past projects. And and also, I let this music come to me. So I think I can totally I can totally understand what you're saying. And I feel that yeah. in your music. I 100% yeah. feel that. What was the name of that SoundCloud track you had put out? The uh, the piano ballad that you put, um, I think it was autotune or vocoder on your voice. I thought that was a beautiful song.
3: Which, uh, was this the one I just put out recently or the one I had a while ago?
1: You you had it in your story. I think you, you put it up and took it down. It was sort of like one of those things you were just like, I might take this down later, but I got the vibe of that. That's I always, you know, I haven't known you for that long on the tour. We got to speak and it was awesome to like pick your brain. But then afterwards, you know, a few weeks later you put that track up and I realized, all right, yeah, this guy knows who he is as an artist, you know,
3: was was it, um, was it what a good life?
1: Yes. 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 That was an incredible song.
3: Thanks, man. And it's funny, a lot of people don't know about that song because I just plopped it up on SoundCloud with really barely any promo. I, I think I posted like one day about it. Um, and, and that's because I do plan on re-releasing it one day. And I think I think because I've been waiting so long on releasing my next single, I was like, I just want to put something out there that really, it's not a risk for me to put that song out because like you said, it's just like, it's just a real song about real shit. And I don't expect it to be a hit. I don't expect, you know, radio play. So I'm kind of like, fuck it. Like, I just want people to hear something I wrote that doesn't even need to live in the lumen world at this moment. It can just be there and people can just pl- press play and it doesn't matter what happens with it. So I just kind of put that up on SoundCloud and people responded really well. And I do plan on um, putting it on an album in the future.
1: Yeah. Um, one of the things that really got me in that song was the, um, the sound design in the background of the track right um paired with the lyrics, I, I believe there were some gunshots in the beat uh,
3: there were there were some gunshots for yeah sure.
1: and that that was that was very powerful you know a lot of artists try to make statements and it, it sometimes feels contrived but that song like I've been saying it really felt like wow this guy knows who he is as an artist it felt honest yes exactly and I yeah. think I would love for that song to see the light of the day. I'm very glad to hear that.
3: Yeah, it's definitely going to. We we've, we've been kind of, you know, I think once you do start to get a little bit of traction, it the the, the problem with it and it's it's kind of like the more money, more problems uh kind of factor where Classic. You know, the more the more exposure you get, the more that people are paying attention, the more you become precious and cautious about what you, what you're putting out and what song is the next single and what's What's the vibe? What's the vibe of the next album? What's the sound going to be? So, I think we've been kind of focusing on figuring out what the next single is. But now that we know that, I think after this, it's gonna. There, I think there will be an EP. I'm not. Gonna, don't quote me on it. Well, you can quote me, but don't believe me.
0: <laughs> this entire
1: episode <laughs> is quoted.
3: <laughs> you can you can quote me because I physically did say it. and You have proof, but don't believe me necessarily. Okay. Um,
1: and I was actually going to ask you about that, too, because a lot of the guests we've had, including ourselves and our band, um, we're not really we're not working on an album. We have a bunch of songs, but we're not working on yeah. an album. And I noticed you've been taking the single route up until then. And it seems mm-hmm. to be the thing everyone's doing. So how do, you, how do you feel about that? And now you're saying you want to do an EP. Was it just because you were still finding your sound along the way for a fairly new project? Or, or take us through the thought process in, in, in releasing a, a line of singles, and now you're, you're, you're hinting at an EP? Well,
3: I, the, pro- the thing that's always been with me, and I think the problem... The reason I'm not in a band, the reason it's kind of just me now is because I, I struggle so much internally with my sound, because like you said, a similar thing with you, I come from such a rock background and everyone I hang out with, all of my friends are rock musicians, all of them. I have like a few friends who are into pop, but most of my friends, most of the, the people I hang with, most of the shows I go to are rock and alternative. And it's funny because I, sometimes I feel like the outcast, you know, cause, cause I'm going to these shows and people are like, yeah, man, like what's your stuff? I'm like, Oh, it's, it's pop. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, Did you like, just these, sneeze? I, exactly. <laughs> and these are all, you know, all my, they're all like really cool like bands and like sick, sick stuff. And and I'm like, um, yeah, I'm like, I'm pop. But, but I end up showing these people my songs and they're like, Oh, this is cool. And I'm like, really? Like, all right, sure.
0: I didn't know I was but,
3: cool. Yeah. That is one <laughs> word I have. I have never once in my life used to describe myself. I think I'm the most uncool, per- un- uncool dude in the world. That's my view of me. But eh, I don't know.
0: I mean, I've met Fish. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Fish. I love you, man. Yeah,
3: we're, Fish. We'll call into your show next time, and then you'll get them back. Yeah, there you but, go. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, man. I, what, what was I talking about? <laughs>
0: oh, about I was just, showing I was just... alternative artists your pop oh. music, and they thought you were cool, and you said you're not cool.
3: Right, right. Um so yeah, I think the process of figuring out what my sound is has been purely based on writing a bunch of songs and I'll i I'll write a song and I'll send it to my manager and he'll be like, Yeah, cool, dude. Sounds great. Send him a song, sick, dude, nice, nice one. And then I'll send him a song and he'll be like, he'll call me, and he'll be like, Dude, which is what happened with I Don't Wanna Feel, and what happened with Bloody Hell. And that's kind of how I've how the creative direction has gone for Lumen. It's been What is getting the best response? Not what do I think is the coolest. What do I think is... Because I think um, What a Good Life is cool as fuck. But not sure it would get me the most exposure at this point. So it's kind of been more about, I guess, becoming exposed to an audience. And then once you got them, I'm going to drop the worst, just most most artistic you're not even going to know what the hell's happening it's going to be complete art rock and you're going to say what happened to lumen
1: this one this one's say, for the scholars 100 years from now <laughs> uh, exactly <laughs> well this no, feels I, you know, very much so yeah. organic in its nature you yeah, know coming know, you know coming from that pop background um it's always interesting to speak to my friends who are songwriters and also have their own projects because i feel yeah. that there's a label printed on people who write pop that they're just these these cogs in the machine right but this, mm-hmm. this process, the way you described it, it, it is organic, and it feels very fluent. So I think that, that is, um, that's a testament to you as an artist. I think that's incredible to see that when you know the track is a banger, you know, and you don't force anything on anyone. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. And and usually I do know, and like when I was writing, I don't want to feel, I was like, I can't believe I'm writing this right now. And I, and I sent it to Chris, and he called me, and he was like, dude. And I was like, dude. And it was this moment of just like we both kind of knew that it was one of of the coolest songs I had written to date and most real too, most, most honest and completely produced by me. That's the first time I've ever produced a song entirely by myself. So it was just this really rewarding moment. And I remember when it came out and it was on New Music Friday and I got all these texts, all these phone calls from people that I have looked up to, like friends of mine that are super successful and really great people and talented And like, they were calling me like, dude, you know, this is not easy to do. It's not easy to go through the whole process yourself of writing, recording, singing, um, producing, mixing, which my my guitar player, Ron, helped me with the mix on that. But everything else was just all me. And they're like, dude, it's not easy to go through that whole process. Do it completely on your own. Be an independent artist, which I am independent as an artist. As a writer, I'm signed. But as an artist, I'm independent. So to be an independent artist and to end up within, like, the top 20 on New Music Friday with, like, Kanye and, like, it's like, what the hell, like, how the hell did my production end up here? It makes no sense to me still. But that is a very rewarding experience, I will say.
1: Absolutely. No, I mean... I could imagine, um, and the last thing I want to talk about before we let you go here, and, and thank you again yep. so much for your time. Um, of course, but man. I, f- I feel like we have to talk about him since he's come up so much throughout the course of this episode. Your manager, Chris Carey. Yes, it the seems legend. like every time you've talked about a point in this Lumen career where it just felt right, your next sentence was you called your manager, or your manager called right. you. So, what yeah. how's that dynamic been? Um, you know, it's been great. Chris is—you met Chris, right? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, no. You know what? I've only spoken to him on the phone. Nice guy. Oh,
3: man. I forgot. So he was sick on, mm-hmm. on the tour. He was in Paris. Chris was in, Par- in Paris Ooh. and he flies back for the last day of the show. But, you know, gets us a big Airbnb. He's like, all right, we're going to go hard for this last show in Jersey. And he gets like tonsillitis like that day, <laughs> like that day. He, oh, I, I walk God. in the Airbnb. I walk in the Airbnb and he's perfectly fine. Walk, he's like, I'm going to go in my room for a second. And then he did not come back out. And he was like, I'm sick. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't come back out. But Chris, so Chris is an amazing dude. Um, he, he really is, you know, that thing, that X factor that has sort of taken my absolute madness. And I am, I am an absolute crazy person. He has taken my madness and sort of just like points to me. He takes it and he aims it. In the in the right directions, you know. I'm just firing off crazy nonsense at him. He, co- you know, condenses it and just points it at where it needs to go. So, at any point in my career, you know, whether I have a song that I need to, to find out if it's good or not, um, you know, an outfit that I want to wear, just kind of anything, I'll send it to Chris. and Be like, Yo, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And he has been my, what's the word? There's a there's a there's a definite word I'm looking for divining divining rod is that a thing
0: um oh i know exactly the, what you're talking about
3: you know what i'm talking about
0: yeah the uh i don't know what they're called but the ones where they you hold them in your hands and they move in the direction of things yeah yeah, yeah yeah i yeah. think
3: it's a divining rod which sounds like super that. weird and sexual yeah. but we're gonna, <laughs> go we're gonna go with it which is cool um google nah, it at your own discretion been... exactly And that is, I am not responsible. (laughs) Maybe I am. I don't know. You can blame me if your parents get mad at you. But, um, or your school, wherever you're Googling it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, insanity. But um, yeah, Chris is an amazing manager. He's also one of my best friends. And we talk every day, you know, all the time. And I've had managers in the past where I can't get, I can't get them on the phone for shit. I can't get them to pick up a call. I can't get them to answer an email. I'm like, dude, are you my manager? I don't understand what's happening. But Chris, Chris will call me ad nauseum, nonstop to the point where like, dude, leave leave me alone. (laughs) 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 Calls me all day, but it's, it's necessary because otherwise I do feel like I need the direction. So he's definitely been a massive influence on me actually decide making decisions. Whereas before I'd be going left and right and left and right. He kind of keeps me on the straight and narrow. Definitely. Right. I mean, well, it's yeah. a good so problem out. to have. Shout out Chris Carey, Live Young LA, is his, is his management
0: group. Nice, nice. Now, yeah. we don't have a lot of time left, but I do just want to ask one really quick question that may sure. be hard for you to answer, but it might not, because mm-hmm. I have an answer. Okay. What video game has the best music? Final Fantasy IX. Wow, that was quick. Okay.
3: I don't even, dude, I don't even have to think about it at all.
0: I mean, was that, uh, I can't remember his last name, New, New, Nobuo? That guy, right? Ue something. Yeah, he did like the one-winged angel and all the stuff for Final Fantasy VII. So I'm assuming he did Final yes. Fantasy Nine. I
3: think it's I think it's Nobuo Umatsu or
0: Ue something something like that. I it's, feel really it's, bad. It's
3: Nobuo Umatsu, all I All right,
0: think. I believe that. It sounds right. So, I mean, I was gonna say uh, the original Sims, but you know, okay. yours is good too.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um. So the song, the song. Here's the song you need to listen to from Final Fantasy Nine. It's called Melodies of Life, and it is the main theme for Final Fantasy IX, and is truly one of the most beautiful, inspiring songs you'll ever listen to.
0: Damn, even I mean, better yeah. than the Skrillex collab for the new Kingdom Hearts 3?
3: <laughs> it's, it's a little better. It's a little better than that, yes.
0: Wow. Right. A little I'm bit. Definitely going to have to check that out, but then you yeah. have to check out uh, Buying Lumber by Jerry Martin from Sims, the original.
3: Buying Lumber.
0: Buying Lumber it'll make you feel oh, dude
3: i love to buy lumber i love to feel i love i love music i know you so don't want right to feel but i'm
0: glad that you like to feel <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. no I, I like it i don't want to but i like it
0: fair enough well yeah. uh yeah. dude thanks so much for coming on and uh, answering my dumb question
3: hey man they were great great questions especially the last one that was my favorite yes
0: in your face chris
1: <laughs> um,
0: He's all right! Like, dude, don't wow. ask him that. That's stupid. Yeah, don't man. ask him. No, don't dude, ask him. I'm,
1: I'm asking him. We we video recorded this episode, Austin, so you can see me uh, f- viciously trying to get Andrew's attention because I knew it was coming. No, no, we're j- we That's just amazing. We're just I can't wait to see it. Yeah, um, dude, we can't wait to play your new song "Bloody Hell" on the show right after right after we're done talking to you right now. But before we let you go, where can people find you? What can they expect from you in this kind of fresh still 2019?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, you can find me on social media at Lumen Official. A lot of people think my name is Lumino. It is not. It is Lumen Official. <laughs> and on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, just Lumen, um, Facebook, whatever, all the stuff, and YouTube, which I am going to be putting out a music video as well for Bloody Hell. So you can quote me on that. Nice. Um, and 2019, man, my plan is to just quit music. Go
0: <laughs> fly,
3: fly to uh, a faraway island with my Xbox and just chill. You know. Wow. Well,
0: then I'm really glad we got you on the episode before you quit music.
3: <sighs> you got me right, right in time. No, but really, you know, just gonna be putting out as much music as possible. It's all gonna be uh, deeply emotional, but fun, and maybe it'll be sad and slow. One, one of these days, you'll get a ballad out of me, and, and it'll be, it'll be the right one.
1: Much like Final Fantasy IX
3: exactly it's gotta be the right one i see
1: well we can't wait for that man and thank you again so much for uh chatting with us today um giving us your time we appreciate it very
3: happy to do it thank you guys for having me on i appreciate it
1: of course and uh we'll be right back in a moment with bloody hell by lumen rock on